Hello, everyone. Shalom. I'm Sterling Jones. I'm Ariel Kebble. And this is Spiritual Gas. So, Sterling and I are two best friends who do everything together except each other. She's so outspoken. She's so funny. She's so sassy. She's got a little sexy body on her, too. Alessandra Torsani. And they said, okay, this is the competition, and we want you to give your best <laughs> orgasm sound. The only thing I could talk to these people about was it was dead silence. And I was like, you know what? I'm bipolar. Does anyone have any questions on mental health? Because that's the whole thing, right? Like, you never want to feel out of control being bipolar, at least for me, I know. Please. What do your parents think of your show? Wait, are they, are they like mom? Uh, um, we have wow. an amazing guest today. Yes, we do. She's a dear friend. She is doing so much for mental health. She's so outspoken. She's so funny. She's so sassy. She's got a little sexy body on her too. Alessandra Torsani. Shh, come on in here, babe. Alessandra Torsani, come on. In here. <laughs> Well, welcome to the show. Welcome, so Alessandra. So excited you're here. We have so much to talk about. Um, we've known each other for so long. For yeah, how do you so guys know long. each other? So two different reasons, but I think multiple too. We met through our mutual acting coach when we were kids. Haley Hummel. And, yeah. And In like Florida? Like, no, 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 here. No, no, no. Uh, but, but kids, because like I was like 19 and she Yeah, was, and I must have been like 14 or 15 she's way or something. younger than me. No, not way younger. I'm 32. I'm not. Skin. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I sold my soul to the devil. <laughs> yeah, you definitely don't look 32. But, oh my God, thank you, honey. Yes, it's working yes. then. Yes. <laughs> and then we had another mutual friend that we met through. Bo Dunn. You Did know. you meet Bo? I, I love Bo. So we met She's through adorable. her, like as a second introduction, and then like seeing each other at auditions. And then a third is her mom helped me find yes. one of my apartments yes, a while my back. The, the Beverly the Hills realtor. apartment. Yeah. Oh, wow. Marshall okay. Yeah. Yeah. So there's, yeah. there's yeah. so many ways. And we so used to connections. always go into pilot season <laughs> and never for the same roles, but it, it was either for sisters or cousins or, you know, always, uncles. Just yeah. kidding. Just some uncles, yeah, you know, yeah. but always something. So we'd be in the room together and never going against each other. So it was like really fun. Right, right. Yeah, because wow. I'm a bitch to go against. So <laughs> she wins it all. Ugh. Give her all the awards. <laughs> Give it to her all or else. They're all mine. Um, yeah. So, and you just launched your own podcast called Emotional Support. Yes. Emotional. Yes, because everyone calls me Al. So I always wanted it to be emotional support. And then I thought, well, why am I doing this? And why don't I be original? (laughs) But it's spelled the same in case you were wondering. But with a capital or the dash. Yes. Just capital. Just just capitalize the A and the L. Um, Giving people a hint. Giving people a hint. Um, on, and I love your show. And you were on my show. And I you love were it amazing. So much. And we had some laughs. We had some laughs. But I was a little I, offended I wasn't invited. Oh, uh, well, I you mean, know. We're kind of a package deal usually. <laughs> But you know, this sometimes time, I just need space, really. Yeah, well. You know, <laughs> it's called codependency. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a real thing. It's, yeah. uh, no, but what I was fascinated to learn on your podcast was how it came to be. So right. with the convention and right. how you introduce yourselves, can you give people that? Yeah. So um, 
a quick little thing. Yeah. I'm bipolar, super casual. Um, I kept it hidden for a very, very, very long time. I was told not to speak about it from producers and agents and friends because they didn't want to label me as an in quote, out of quote, diva, which was really funny because I'm like, how can these other girls who are awful on set and are not diagnosed have a problem? But whatever, we won't yeah. go there. Because you were saying um, you had a good set reputation. They were just right. saying this isn't, good, this they isn't were, a good and, look. Yeah, and they weren't saying it in a bad way. They were just saying, let's not make things complicated. They don't need to know your private life. And it affected me in relationships. When I would be honest with relationships, they would hold it against me, even though it wasn't something like that I got in a fight or like I got in a fight or if someone had an affair on me and then would be like well you're bipolar and I'm like that's weird because your dick was somewhere else right. but you know apparently that's because I'm bipolar um <laughs> so weird. I didn't I had like kind of talked about it a little bit my friends knew um family obviously knew my boyfriend who I've been with for over four years knew and was my support and I went to a convention in London and I don't do a lot of them but that's where we bonded because she's obviously done them as well I'm well, we bonded like other a, things. Well, for other right, things, yeah. but, but on the podcast. We're only convention friends. Yeah, we're convention <laughs> friends. But on the podcast, I knew that bringing her on would be so fun because she would understand what it's like to be there and how some fans are just like, don't want you there and would rather have someone else from the cast there because they're obsessed with whatever this character is and they didn't like your Or even there's like you know? cast competition. Like for me on one of the shows, I was a recurring role, but I happened to be a very popular role. So it was almost right. like the other cast members didn't really like that. Yeah. Like, so then the cast was kind of like, what are you doing here? Even though the fans were there to see the character. Right. So there's right. all these kind of weird politics behind the convention world. And it's uncomfortable. And as much Which as really, the fans are awesome. Which really, you're there for the fans. Like, yeah, you're and that's there what for the them. thing is. And it was kind of, um, it was just really rough. And so I was in Brighton, England. I knew the convention owner, Sean Harry. He's amazing. Like, I've done them before with him. I came to do a show, Lucifer, that I did one guest spot on. I was brought there not because of Lucifer, but for other reasons of other shows that I'd been on. Yeah. Long story short, no one wanted me there. They would pass by me in the autographs, even though my autographs were free. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I was like, this is cool. Wow. And they'd be like, no, it's okay. We don't want hers in front of me. I'm like, ah, cool. You're like, awesome. my self-esteem <laughs> is plummeting. I'm like, I don't have a job right now and this is really helping. So the, uh, there was a Q&A. The guy couldn't, afford, unfortunately, be there. It was a thousand people at the convention. There were maybe 20 people that showed up to my Q&A. After the few questions that were asked about Malcolm in the Middle, in which I was 10 years old, you know, when I did it. And they were like, what was that experience? Like, I'm like, God, if I could remember what that was like, like I would be sailing real high in life. Right. But but that was my first kiss in real life and on screen with Frankie Muniz. So that's... It's a little fun fact there. Yeah, it's fun fact. Um, That's yeah. cute. Um, real cute. But I tested for that show like five times. They never hired up. me. Never hired me. <sighs> Anyways, back to your story. Thanks, Malcolm in the Middle. Yeah. The only thing I could talk to these people about was, it was dead silence. And I was like, you know what? I'm bipolar. Does anyone have any questions on mental health? Brilliant. And it was like my own insecurity. And I was like, fuck it. You know, as Valerie Cherish says, if you are familiar with Valerie Cherish from The Comeback with Lisa Kudrow. Okay. She goes, you know what? You got to love me warts and all. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Meaning she has uh, Wait, do HPV? that again. Yes, yes. Oh. Do it again. Do it again. You got to love me warts and all. <laughs> 
I just uh, got the sound bite that you guys should use. Like, yeah, I love that's it. Works it. At all. Works at all. I don't need to see that. Uh, <laughs> it's the best show if you haven't seen it. But um, so basically, I opened up with this. That led to those twenty oh people God, going outside. You're just You're having Lisa the best Kudrow. time. I am Lisa Kudrow. Yes, yeah, I, know. I just understood. Hold I on, we're going way too fast right now. I just <laughs> got it. We got to cool it down. I have. Can we? Uh, can so basically, that was my her. opening. Yeah. People came to me and said everything from from the darkness of I'm a cutter. No one's ever talked about this with me before. I was suicidal. I, you know, have split personality disorder. All these people then came to me and said, we've never heard an actress that talked about this. We would see your Instagram and think like, everything's great. And, you know, I'm not like the hoes that are like traveling the world with rich daddies like on the yachts, which I am all about. Like if there's a rich daddy out there, I am so ready. <laughs> like my boyfriend is dead to me if this happens. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe there's a little jealousy. I could never get that private plane. But okay, on a side note, this was me opening up to them and being like, this is just my favorite fam. <laughs> yeah. But I was like, this is me. You know what I mean? Like here we are. They opened up to me and they said, I wish that someone would talk about this more. I've always talked about doing emotional support. Like I've talked about it with friends. And this was, okay, you know what? This is the trigger to be like, you know, if I can help one of these people. That's all it is. All it is. Yeah. And that's how we got here. <clears throat> Great. Um, and it's very new. It's so new. I'm only on my second episode. Well, I got to... <laughs> Really great. Well, I can With tell Bryant you. With Bryant Wood, Bryant Wood was my second episode. Wow. Yeah. No, you have more than two episodes. Oh no, I've got them done, but the second was released. Was just released. Okay. No, yeah. she's recorded. I've done time. like thirteen. Now. Yeah, yeah, got, yeah, yeah. got yeah. it. Ahead of schedule, you know, right. just in case I get that job. Yeah. <laughs> or that rich daddy. Or that rich You're daddy. Either works. Yeah. So tell us. Uh, I I I'm all, I'm kind of playing dumb, but I also just want to not. I want to be educated on bipolar. Like okay. first off, I think it's amazing that people like you reach you know reaching out to other people trying to help with your own stories and everything so i applaud that that is Thank you. fucking gorgeous if only more people could just speak out and be as open about it um <clears throat> what is bipolar that's the question i'd like to know what is it i have a neuroscientist on my show so he can explain things to me uh basically i'm bipolar one there's two different types of bipolar in fact i actually believe that there's a third but i am not educated enough to speak about that sure i can speak on mine mine is uh very manic high highs and low lows so when you're high highs i've never done drugs and i've never done cocaine but i have been told by people that have done this and are bipolar, that that's what it feels like. You're like the, the when you are on your high, you are ahead of the clouds, your endorphins are going a million miles a minute, you're kind of like, come at me, bro. Like, I'm so like amazing, like try to touch this. Mm -hmm. It's like you're for like three days straight. And I use the example, I'm not a doctor, I'm not gonna diagnose Britney Spears, but I've been told that she was bipolar. And remember when she would like drive for three days straight on Mulholland? And like could be up, like you know what I'm talking or about. Or shave like, her head. Or shave her head. Like all of these We're things that she did. We're not laughing at that. No, 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 yeah. no. But I didn't expect you to say Britney Spears. I no, but actually, you know what I mean. I actually expected you to say Euphoria. So when you said Britney Spears, <laughs> I was laughing that you pulled like a 90s reference. He's shaming like you. Yeah. He's shaming Well, no, you. I just, I, no. I, I want to protect. No, 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 no. no, no. But, but I laugh about it. I'm Britney's biggest fan, Listen, you have to laugh about it. Otherwise, it's so boring. And it's so depressing. And life is so depressing. So why not? And and that's what I bring to my show is like, I make fun of it because it's funny. Like, 
I was born with something where like I literally think I'm the best person in the world and life is amazing. And then three days later, you can't get me out of bed for two weeks. You know, two like, weeks. Literally, like is, can't is that like real? Is that, that real? was like it's like a real thing, and it's but never wait. like stabilized. You're okay. like the highest of highs and the lowest of lows. And what about medication? And medication, like different people are medicated different things. The one that I'm on is a mood stabilizer, which they give to actors and writers and kind of creative types because it doesn't affect your emotions. What's it called? It's um, it's called Lamictal, and so it doesn't affect your emotions. It affects it just like balances the chemicals in your brain. Okay. I mean that's a that's the craziest thing, right? <laughs> it's literally a chemical in my brain telling me to do these things. I mean that's all it is. It's hilarious. Can I ask more questions? Please, like ask away. Okay, because you said in bed for two weeks. That's not an exaggeration. At no, all. not at all. Okay, so whenever you're in one of these periods, do you know you're there? Um, when I was not medicated, no, I didn't know what. You it just thought, was. oh, I'm going to stay in bed. Everything's cool. Yeah, it was like the world is out against me. Why would I leave? And you are, your body is so exhausted mm-hmm. from being so high on this manic episode that for me it was like I I would sleep for like 16 hours straight. And I am without not pee breaks. without anything, without water, like nothing. Your body literally is like not real and shuts down and just Have you stops. seen Euphoria? No, I have not. I'm dying to see it. Though. Okay. Because <laughs> it's interesting. I've had this conversation with a lot of people because I, I, there's parts of it that I get a little fearful that it can be a little irresponsible because it is like I find it very sexy in a weird way, even though it's really high the show. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's shot so beautifully yes. and like the music is so sexy that what I find a little like uh, irresponsible at times is like, is it making drugs and these things look cool or glamorizing? Right. Them? That being said, what I, I think the acting on the show is incredible. I think the way it's shot is incredible. But what I was really taken with was like, and my mom actually watched it and we talked about it, was the depiction of of her mania and her depression. She was like, I've never seen anything more real on TV. And so mm-hmm. she's like going through this, she has this manic state where she's like, I won't give spoiler alerts, but she's like trying to find this person or solve this thing. And she literally like thinks she's like a cop staying, and she's staying up all night and she's doing this and she's doing that. And it's like, and she's on a roll. And she's like incredible during it, but mm-hmm. she's like on a fucking roll. And literally everyone else is like sleeping because it's the middle of the night. Yeah. And then she goes into depression to a point where she can't, even take herself to the bathroom and it has like a kidney infection. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry for running the show for you. But no, but no, <laughs> yeah, it's, but it's I, such no, a but good, but I totally agree. Like like yeah. Show, it's not like a, not no. Like a and I feel, I feel so attached to that. The, the most, I'm so interested to see that a lot of people are like, Oh, what's going to trigger you? I, everything triggers me. And like, I have to laugh. So I, I don't, I won't go there, but what I do know is the first time I ever watched a Silver Lining Playbook, mm-hmm. I was on medicine for a couple of years. I was feeling a little stabilized, but you know, you have to adjust things here and there. And I didn't really feel comfortable in myself yet. And I think that was a big difference. But Bradley Cooper, his, and Jennifer Lawrence was great. I'm not saying this, but her way that she did it was not, how I felt Mm -hmm. watching Bradley Cooper in that movie. If you go back and you watch that, that was literally every single thing that I did Mm. when he like freaks out on Robert De Niro and literally has to punch walls and is like so angry, like the anger inside me 
was so strong and it is still strong and I don't have anger management issues and people always say to me, you know, you should go to an anger management class. I'm like, it's not that. I'm not angry towards people. None of that. It's like an explosion inside you that you need to release like whatever is inside of you and the best way to do it is just to physically like like hurt things, like throw a phone, whatever it may be. Do you punch? Like do you go to boxing? I do, but see, it doesn't help because it's not – like releasing the energy, it will come and it's the most foreign, bizarre feeling, yet it's so natural and comfortable where the littlest thing that you don't even know, it just triggers you. It's like uh. when people have panic attacks and they don't know where it comes from. It's the same sort of thing. It can come from a variety of different things. Got so it. it's not like, oh, letting it out and then your like body's drained. Like it'll come out of nowhere and o- o- over the stupidest thing. And you can't pinpoint why, but the anger is so rough inside that if you don't do something, you literally feel like a bomb that's going to explode. Do you know when it's coming on? Um, You can kind of feel like a little stressed, but it happens so fast that it's like... Okay, so within hours... Once Once it like does this deed of like getting out of you, everything's normal again. Wow. But it's like a buildup or it's like a volcano, you know? Wow. It's like a slow buildup that you don't know is coming. And then like, I think an earthquake is the best way to describe it. Do I know a lot of bipolar people? Do you? I don't know. I'm asking. Is it something? Oh, I don't know. I, I was like, I, mean, I don't know this, you. Do you? Like meeting you, I would never know that you have this right, issue. Right, Do right. I know? I'm like, like one day Ariel told me we were talking about eating disorders and she's like, there's a lot of people in your oh, life yeah. with eating disorder. I was like, right. what? Well, I said, but I said that with, that have been sexually harassed too. I'm like, you'd be shocked at the amount of women who have been sexually and harassed men. or, and men who, or, or who have eating disorders. Yeah. It's like, I would say it's probably 90% of the people, you know, yep. Yep. it's just not. It's just- and what's really interesting. And I haven't talked about this. So I'm so happy we're talking about this is one of the signs when you're, you know, going through puberty and all this stuff for bipolar is severe anorexia and severe bulimia because it's control and it's like controlling your body. And it's something that you can control yourself because that's the whole thing, right? Like you never want to feel out of control being bipolar, at least for me, I know. So they said with women that that was a key sign of being like, hmm, if this happens, this could be a possibility. But I was never anorexic. I was never bulimic. So it was kind of like a checkbox that didn't check off. You're just naturally so cute and tiny. And just, just a naturally tiny person. Hey, Sterling. Hey, Ariel. Have you ever dreamed of starting your own company? I, I'm dreaming of it now. Why do you ask? Well, because with ZipRecruiter, it's now easier than ever to get the employees that are best for your company. And like they do all the work. So suddenly you can have your brilliant idea run by a brilliant team of people. That's amazing. Yeah, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. So with results like that, it's no wonder four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Yeah, I mean, you can put all your time and attention on building the company you want and basically just sit back and become a bajillionaire. I love the sound of that. ZipRecruiter is the smartest way to hire. See why ZipRecruiter is effective for businesses of all sizes. Try ZipRecruiter for free at our web address. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash spiritual. ZipRecruiter.com slash spiritual. 
S-P-I-R-I-T-U-A-L, ZipRecruiter.com slash spiritual. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Hey, Ariel. Hey, Sterling. I'm going to ask you a question. Okay, you just had the best date of your life and you've been dating for a while, and it's finally time to go back to his place, perhaps make out, and you go into his bedroom and make out, and his sheets are crispy and cheap and crappy and old. And I kick him out of bed and take it all for myself. <laughs> no, that's, yes. that's not the logic we're going. I was, I, okay. Well, what I think we're trying to say is, is guys, that I love Brooklyn and sheets. <laughs> We love, love Brooklyn and Sheets. I love them so much. I'm going to kick anyone else out of them so I can have them all for myself. Well, this guy had crappy sheets. I was going to tell you that he should get Brooklyn and Sheets. Oh, yeah. And then I would stop dating him. Okay. That's what I was wondering. You hearing this, guys? Ariel would stop dating you unless you had Brooklyn and Sheets. <laughs> you need good sheets. You need good sheets. It actually says a lot about a person. And we all know that making your home beautiful is the ultimate form of self-care. I mean, you spend a third of your life in sheets. Don't you want it to be insanely comfortable? That's actually a really good point. If you think about how much you sleep, it is so important. And I also love that it was founded in 2014 by husband and wife, Vicky and Rich Fulop, who wanted to find beautiful home essentials that didn't cost an arm and a leg. So I kind of like that this is created by a husband and wife team. That's true. They also, not just luxury sheets, but they make towels and bedding and more without luxury markup. Because, you know, most bedding is marked up much like 300%. And Brooklyn was the first DTC bedding company, meaning they work directly with manufacturers and directly with customers. So there's no middleman, just a great product and service. Yeah. So get 10% off and free shipping when you use promo code SPIRITUAL at brooklinen.com. I got to say, my Brooklinen sheets are by far the most comfortable sheets I've ever slept on. And their towels have turned my bathroom into a spa. Oh, wow. I couldn't recommend them more for friends, family, or treating yourself to the upgrade you deserve. Brooklinen.com is giving an exclusive offer just for our listeners. Get 10% off and free shipping when you use promo code SPIRITUAL at brooklinen.com. Brooklinen is so confident in their products that all of their sheets, comforters, and towels come with a lifetime warranty. Woohoo! <laughs> lifetime warranty, y'all. The only way to get 10% off and free shipping is to use promo code SPIRITUAL at brooklinen.com. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com, promo code SPIRITUAL. Brooklinen, these are the best sheets ever. Can I tell you, and this, and I'm only... I'm not saying this because I share this point of view at all, but I just like to always try to play the other thing just yeah. to get your perspective. I was in Tel Aviv a couple of years ago and I ran, I met this guy. He was gorgeous and he's from Palestine. He was Palestinian and he was in Israel because he's gay. Uh -huh. And if he was in Palestine, right? he would have his head chopped right. off. And we were just like, we had this amazing night and we were just like walking along the beach and he was talking about Americans and he's like, all of you over there, you all have bipolar, mm -hmm. depression, all that stuff. He's like, that doesn't exist here. No. 
meaning Palestine. I because, think they just hold don't on, talk, yeah. He said, because we're sur- trying to survive every day our lives right, right now. Right. He's like, those are luxury get those are mm-hmm. luxury ailments mm-hmm. he didn't say ailments but he said no but else. totally and so do you think any of that is true that we have such post-modernity lives that we live in this amazing country and we have no problems so we mm-hmm. create our minds create issues because we don't have anything else to focus on um, i think that there's a yes Sorry. and no yes i think that doctors and there's nothing wrong with doctors but there are some where the easiest thing to do for even a lazy parent is let's give them Adderall let's give them this like this might be a problem are you on Adderall and no I, I wanted I, no, I, no but I do I did I have done Adderall it was like fucking so fun so like there's but, you but know let's yeah. just also say maybe yeah. some parents aren't lazy maybe that they don't know what to do beyond right. give they their give kid totally. what the doctor said, totally. which is here, take And that was my mom, right? My mom knew that something was wrong with me. And and literally since I Let's was 18 months old. Let's just say that you were old, different. There's nothing wrong with you. Right. And I was, well, but there, there was something wrong in the sense where I was a very sick kid, like mentally and not like, oh, she's a serial killer. But like when I was 18 months old, I talk about out of nowhere, I would just bang my head against the wall and my mom for no reason out of nowhere. And I was a very happy baby. So it didn't make sense. And my mom was so embarrassed because she couldn't stop me. And she was like, I don't know what to do. So starting at like five years old, I was at hypnotherapist. I was at psychotherapist. I was doing every, my mom did every possible thing that she could to try to heal me. Um, And when I was 15, they put me on antidepressants because they told her that I was depressed, that that's what the mania was. Mm -hmm. Very wrong thing to do is if you're bipolar, put a child or anyone on antidepressants. It makes your highs higher and your low lower. Mm -hmm. And it made me suicidal. And I was not a suicidal person. Mm-hmm. So these are these were certain things that you know were misdiagnosed. How, how did you ca- how did they catch that? Because a conversation I've been learning um, with my family and friends is like the balance with medication and when it's right and great to be on it and when it's not. But then also once you're on it, like finding the right dosage can mm-hmm. literally sometimes be life and death. Yeah, we talked about this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's and it's the way that I say to people is if you're feeling ahead like you're the most amazing thing in the world and you're like, I don't need medicine. You need medicine. You know what I mean? Like, and there's moments where I feel that way where I'm like, I don't really need to be on this medication anymore. I'm totally fine. And it's your brain tricking you. But that being said, there are moments where I feel, okay, something's a little off. I think maybe let's up the dosage 25 milligrams and see if that helps because I'm feeling a little on edge. Something's feeling a little off. So I And this think, is beyond just your typical like, oh, I have anxiety, I'm in traffic. Right, totally. I want to make sure it's not like anytime you get yes. triggered, you're like, oh, I should up the dosage. Yeah. This it's is just like a you're sitting with this thing. and you're you realizing. You can just feel your body changing. There's, there's just something. And then sometimes I'm like, you know what? I'm going to take it down a little bit. I'm feeling very... Very good. I'm going to stay on it, but let's see if I can lower it a little bit because I'm feeling like I'm doing something right. And as you're talking about this, I would just also encourage like family and friends to check in because I'm sitting here and like you're clearly so self-aware. You're able to regulate yourself. Mm-hmm. But I feel like a lot of people, at least in my experience, this is so new to them or totally. they're still learning foreign. themselves. So foreign. Foreign. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That they don't know how to regulate themselves. So they don't even know if their dosage is off. No. So I would also say like, People who are taking medication, don't be ashamed of it. Talk about it with your loved ones so that then your loved ones can also help 
regulate and tell you're more self-aware like you know your friends can be like oh because you know like i know i've seen with people taking medication like numbness or slurring of words or oversleeping or suicidal or there's these things that is like or even like oversharing on instagram or like things that aren't typical for your everyday life but maybe you're not aware because you're you're also feeling better totally so you're like no no this is just the new me right like I think the more you share, the more you can have that self that reflection back with your family and friends mm-hmm. and they can help guide you mm-hmm. until you're in a more like secure place. And totally. if you don't have family to share with, share with your friend. And if you don't have a friend, share with a hotline or something, right? Exactly. Like, yeah. And that's what just I say. Get it out like, of your head. Totally. And getting back to your your guy, sure. what I think is so fascinating mm-hmm. about that is every single person that I've had on my show so far. A lot of them actually have been from other countries. Mm-hmm. And like we talked about to my friend Ivana, she's from Mexico and Mexico mm-hmm. does not talk about mental health. It's looked down upon like if you go to therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there are certain countries that are all about it and right. are all about. So I think that there is a way of structure where, yes, you can say like, you guys are so fucking privileged. You don't have to deal with death. Totally. That mm. fair enough. That is so a hundred percent true. Wow. We are so lucky. That's the truth. Mm-hmm. But if you are still dealing with bipolar disorder, just because you're dealing with death doesn't, you know, with bombs and with all these things doesn't mean that you yourself don't want to die. Right. So it's it's I understand the thought process behind it because it's like a regimen where it's like you know A, B, and C. You have to do these things with to your survive. life to survive. But people that are going through it. Like they're not surviving on their own, whether or not there's a bomb going off. Right. So it's hard for someone else to judge. Right. Right. Well said. Yeah. I ever since I've always thought about that, and yeah. I and I in certain situations, even when I'm having like a bluesy day, I'm very fortunate. I don't think I have uh, mental right. illness, but I do. You know, I'm just like some everyone days, does. Yeah, have we, days. We have you know, days. That's you know? normal. And I always think about that guy. Yeah, because he he puts so much. In perspective, and I'm not commenting on the conflict between the two countries. No, no, anybody no, no, listening, no, no, no. but I'm more. I think about what he talks about of right. survival, right? So he doesn't get bombed or like right. his head cut off because he's right. a gay man in right. Palestine, right? And um, so it's always perspective. And it's but not- imagine being a gay man in the in Palestine and being, you know. Uh, like manic depressant and undiagnosed or, you know, with undiagnosed. no medication. Like, yeah and, yeah. and things aren't just like talked about. So right. you wouldn't know that it's a normal thing to feel this way. Right. You know, right. Absolutely. We, I talked a little bit about this on your show, but like I have, um, thanks. Mm. Um, y- you know, like my sister is very open with her journey with mm-hmm. mental health now on her Instagram. And I always like support. It's and actually share. amazing. If we can just pause on that. She's really her Instagram. I don't know if you've, I've I, I know because I I know Ed, the whole journey and I think what she did is the it's the Ed, bravest thing. It's, it's, it's something like, I've never seen before. So Julia, we love you. We love we, like we so love you. Like what, what she's, she's done for is, the community is, is some, unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, sorry. Her Instagram's at jkebs. If it's you guys want to see it, <laughs> um, and just talk about a mile marker. Jkebs. Jkebs. J k e b b z. Um. You know, a year ago, she was literally like missing on the streets. And just like a month ago, we had a sister trip in Vegas to see Paula Abdul. Um, and so she jealous. was completely sober during it. And yes, normally Vegas is not where we would go for a sister trip, but we were there for Paula and we ended up having an incredible time. And we were able to do pool time and nice dinners and the whole thing. And like, you know, a year ago, I like she didn't know if she was going to have her life. So mm-hmm. and neither did I. 
So it was really a mile marker for us um, as sis- as sisters and as friends and as family members. But um, talking about that, something that I shared with you and I share on the show sometimes is like there is, you know, part of why we love having people like you on and why we have this show is we want to inspire people to feel free mm-hmm. talking about things they go through and because we all are so connected. And feel free to ask dumb questions and to like ask me. Dumb questions like, I, I love answering dumb, dumb questions. Great. Dumb. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, what would you say to someone like basically I'm like advice for me because I feel like the the phase I'm in in my life right now is I have such empathy and compassion for mental health. I have my own struggles with anxiety and depression and my sister, you know, being bipolar and all the things she talks about on her Instagram. And um, but like at the same time, there's certain things I feel comfortable sharing, but there's other things that like I'm not comfortable to go into details yet. Like there's so many things that I go through personally, but like right now all I'm really comfortable saying is like anxiety, mm-hmm. like not really going into what that's done to me or, or right. but also for me because I've learned so much from it. But and then also like with my sister, like I know it's her journey to share, but there's so much I've learned as a family member through it about how to support this and also how to talk about my own feelings during Mm -hmm. it like how did I feel watching her go through this how did it affect me those are still things that I like don't necessarily feel comfortable sharing yet and yet I want to support the community so like what would you say to people that I feel like are kind of at an in-between like me well I think it's totally fair for you to be an in-between and even you acknowledging and saying that you're an in-between is going to help so many people right because there are people out there who are very open like me and this took me you know 32 years of my life to have a show to talk about the insanity behind my life but then you know there are other people that don't say an entire word you know about it and that's okay because it's everyone's path to take their moment and go there. I think that there will be a time in your life where you will be open and free to talk about it. And and that's okay that it's not right now. And I think that that's very important for people to know it's okay to be in your position and for them to be like you where you want to share a little bit, but there's still that privacy inside you where you're not quite ready to go there. I really recommend people do not talk about it if they don't want to yet. Because God forbid something were to happen where they talk about it and they don't feel the confidence inside and one person's a dick and like cuts it all away from them and then they shun and then they go back to that dark place again. So I think that the the advice that I would give is literally do what you need to do. But if you're going to admit it and you're going to talk about it, make sure you don't care what one person says because that's the most important part. Or at least know that you care, but be strong enough to handle but, yeah, it. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And, and and be aware that people are maybe not going to agree with you and there are going to be fights and there's going to be things. I mean, like, even me, like, the first day, I started an Instagram group. It's called Emotional Support Group. It's on Facebook. I did it literally because I wanted people to feel a safe space, to feel a community where they're talking to each other. That's all I wanted to do. I wanted the fans to get together from all over the world. And one's talking about bipolar and one's talking about, you know, whatever it may be, depression, ADD, they're there for each other. Mm -hmm. That's all I want to do. Mm -hmm. I just want to create this platform. Mm -hmm. Cool. Like end of story. Um, But, but there was one guy 
who immediately gave me a one-star rating and was like, you know, your show is awful. You, <gasps> you, you use explicit words. I wrote you on Instagram in a message and I said, you know, you should change your rating and you should bleep things out because you're offending people. And I'm giving this a one-star rating and I would never recommend this. And I wrote back and I was like, I'm so sorry to hear that. I hope you find a place where you feel safe that, that makes you happy because that's all I could ask for. And then, a week later, he writes me and goes, I took off my rating. I'm so sorry. I was just upset that you weren't writing me back. Okay. So like you and and inside, I'm literally crying to my boyfriend, Sturgis, and I'm like, fuck this. I don't want to do this anymore. Like, how could this guy be doing this? I'm trying to be nice. And I know that there's like haters out there and like whatnot, but like why? Mm-hmm. But why? That was the question. And if I wasn't feeling strong enough, I literally would have cut the cord. And like that would have been the end of the show. Yeah. Because it takes one person to be an asshole. Yeah. What would you say to people that are listening right now who don't live in Los Angeles or New York and maybe a rural place who are hearing both you talk and be like, well, wait a minute. I get, I have struggles getting out of bed sometimes. I mean, Mm -hmm. maybe it's not two weeks. Maybe it's four days. Wait a minute. Sometimes I'm in a really good mood and then I crash the afternoon, you know, like, and they're sitting there questioning themselves. Do Mm -hmm. you think that's like, what would you say to those people? Well, what's funny is like 90% of my fans are not American. So that's very interesting to kind of get the other views of everything, you know, of cultures. But I would say, look, Therapy is so expensive. It Mm -hmm. really is. Like there's been moments where I don't even pay for it because I would lose my health insurance with SAG because I didn't work for a year and residuals don't count towards, Mm -hmm. you know, your SAG membership and I'm paying and pills are expensive. My pills were $600 a month, you know, if I didn't have insurance and and the one that I qualified for. So there are, I'm, I'm very lucky. I'm talking with a few people right now. There are, you know, there's the suicide help, um, prevention helpline that I talked to. There's the crisis text line. I'm so so, happy you just mentioned them. I work with them. Oh, you do. Crisis text line is fucking amazing. I think it's the most incredible thing. And I think that, yes, it, it says crisis in the word, right? So you think, okay, I have to be in the worst possible place for me to text this. Mm -hmm. You don't. Even if you're feeling a little bit upset, I think that if you text these places and they're free and I know that there's, you know, therapy apps, right? There's these things coming. At first I was like, well, how can you have texting help you? Don't you need to hear someone's voice? You don't. And then I learned, so what's so cool about crisis text line is there a statistic based they're a mm-hmm. science and math based yep. charity which is very real they literally take statistics from around the world and this is how they continue their algorithm of how to help people and they have trained psychologists uh watching over so it's like it, they know when it's escalating to a point to right. intervene and, and everything but but it is it's everything from my parents are fighting to i'm at failing school to i'm getting bullied to i'm gonna kill myself and like i was sitting in their training program and one of the things they say is like their statistics like most most of the, whatever the percentage is, that percentage of people that actually text and say, I'm going to kill myself, most of the time they're looking for support. Yeah. Because then, you, then you're trained to say, okay, do you have a plan? Mm-hmm. Okay, when are you doing it? You're mm-hmm. actually supposed to ask these questions. And if they have it all, then you know they need help. If they don't, then you know it's like, okay, a level two versus a level four. Like, right. okay. Um, 
And but but they also said seventy percent of people now are more comfortable texting because when they have these issues, they actually don't want a face or a voice because right. they're ashamed or right. embarrassed. So being able to just literally text someone a te- crisis text line mm-hmm. is like such a lifeline yep. these days because they're able to keep their privacy, feel safe, and get the support they need. So big shout out to Crisis Text Line and to crisis anyone listening. Yeah. And we'll put their link. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm and I have I have their link, and I have uh, on my website. I have you know I think ten plus different organizations that can be there for you from all different you know whatever your struggle is. But I think that you know we're so blessed to have computers and technology right now in our in our life. Like yeah. even though it can be bad sometimes, mm-hmm. you know all that porn that you're looking at. Sterling. How did we you know? What know? What you're doing? What we the know hell? What you're doing? All what'd those dominant like, naughty things. <laughs> I told her about tantric sex. Yes. Oh. But there's all these resources that people can use now that are free. And I think that that can help so much. Mm -hmm. Can I ask really, can I ask more dumb questions? Yeah. Have you ever... Do I like it from behind? Yes. You do. No. <laughs> Woo! Let's go to sex for a second after That's... after Sterling's question. No, I actually was already out. Oh, thank oh, God. I'm yeah, ready. Yeah. I'm ready for sex. Hey, Ariel. Hey, Sterling. You looking to spice things up in the bedroom? Always. You've been fantasizing about surprising your lover with adventurous new toys or an adult movie, perhaps? You know it as soon as I find a lover. (laughs) Oh, well, (laughs) here's an offer you won't be able to resist. Select almost any one item for 50% off. Tell us what, Ariel? Uh, hello, there's rabbits, stimulators, wands, vibrating dildos, trainer kits, lubes, on and on and on. And of course, I know, I know. And of course, we always talk about masturbation as self-care. So y'all get on, get on this and start taking care of yourselves. That's true. And then Adam and Eve loads on the free stuff. So enter code GASM at checkout and get 10 tantalizing free gifts, a sexy item for him, a special gift for her, and a third item for maybe a third or for you both to enjoy. And six free spicy movies. Take your Rolades. Plus free shipping. That's GASM, G-A-S-M, GASM at adamandeve.com. I'm because I'm, I'm a naughty person in the sense yes. where like, I love naughty humor. Whips. I'm not offended. Do you like whips? Um, Wait, hold on. Let me yeah. ask my question. Whips, okay. handcuffs, daddy. <laughs> yes, daddy. Rich daddy. Rich daddy. <laughs> okay. This is how good I am at my job right here. Okay. I was straddling two worlds right here. Woo! Have you ever had sex while you're in one of your manic states? And does it? What is it like? If so? Oh my god! So fascinating. I don't think so because it's you're so debilitated. Okay. Even, and like euphoric, right? Yeah. And even if you're euphoric, you kind of get off more of being with yourself and feeling that high around you. Mm-hmm. It's not what I assume like, you know, ecstasy would feel like when you're having sex on ecstasy. It's not like that. It's more of an ego boost of feeling high. Kind of a thing. I also never really was a drinker. I've never done drugs. Like, I think that that is something that a lot of bipolar um, people deal with, you know, is addiction. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure that if I was doing drugs and was in my manic state, I would be a lot more fun. But I'm actually quite boring. You know what I mean? Because it's more about myself. It's like ego driven. 
Right. Okay. Yeah. So you like it from behind. Yes. 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 <laughs> Great. Awesome. She's like, yes. 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 Wait. Can I ask? Please. What do your parents think of your show? Well, <laughs> are they like mom? Who dad, cares about the swearing? Right? But like, it's yeah. so much easier to speak into a microphone and not think about what you're saying. And then which is dangerous, yeah. though. It is so it's dangerous. dangerous. I know. It's for, like the wild west. I know like, for, have to, yeah, I know for a fact that we we're going to gonna like get a lot of a lot of hate mail for some of our but shows. You know but what? it's this I'm, is who you are. And you, totally. let me tell you this. Howard Stern was my favorite person growing He's, up. Is I my talk about it every single day. Still, yeah. yeah, like it's yes. my dream to be on his show. Dream, like I'm putting same. out to the universe it's going to happen before yeah. he retires because I'm just obsessed. Yep. But my mom used to play Howard Stern from when I was a baby on. I don't remember I going. I know, she's the best. <laughs> I don't remember going to school and him not being on the radio on a raid to like kindergarten. That's wow. like really? honestly. Yeah. So for so me, did you know what an orgasm was before everyone else? Well, I knew what a pussy was <laughs> when I was when I was nine because I had I did a I movie. My mom. first yeah, my first movie was Lost and Found with David Spade. I was nine and I called him a pussy. <laughs> and my mom before the audition had to explain to me what it was as to why I was saying it the way I was saying. Uh-huh. Right. So, you know, we were a very open family. Mm-hmm. Right. But, you know, Howard, like, got so much shit and so much hate mail, and that's yeah. what you have to remember, right? Yeah. The best of the best people always get shit on. Yeah, we're, they I'm planning whatever. on it. And yeah. I, get excited I, I would, for it. It means but people we love have, you. We have, our, the reason we're doing this is to hopefully, like, inspire and connect people to just be but real. Some it's people like, are like, man. you're inspiring for... I, I don't know. I'm planning on it and I'm going to be flattered and I'll... I'll. You know, it means I, that people are listening, right? True. And it's like, am I going to take the rule of if I listen to the good reviews, then that means I have to listen to the bad? Like, or do I just not listen to right. either? I have a, or, I have a question. But, about mm-hmm. sexuality, like, would you feel like, because you talked a little bit about being bipolar in relationships, like, how do you feel or does it even or does it not affect your uh, sexuality? Oh, hmm. You know, it never affected me personally, but I did know a lot of people who, not really the bipolar, I I speak for myself and for some of the people that I know that are bipolar, because the mood stabilizer and it being a chemical imbalance is very different than I feel like an antidepressant is. So for me, I never had any sexual mood changes or any difference of of anything. It was very normal for me of however it was, as boring as that is in a square. But I do know there were certain friends that were on antidepressants and it gave them no sex drive and like they completely shut down and like every yeah and so for me I've never been able to relate to that and I'm kind of lucky about that because I feel normal in a sense Mm -hmm. you know Um, but I do know that that affects a lot of people for me it never did and I never felt different. I never yeah. felt like, oh, like I'm going to ravage and like have sex with five guys in one night. I mean, I'm sure that's a lot of fun, but like that wasn't me. I was right, like right. kind of boring. But it ne- I never felt that that um, that addiction personality to uh, to be like a sexual being. So then what does make you, because you do seem so like outgoing and confident and open with yourself what does make you like vulnerable or or fearful with your sexuality I think that I'm with the sexuality specifically Mm -hmm. I feel everyone is constantly judging me especially with like with appearance and when I go out and I always laugh like I'm always convinced there's something on my ass and someone's looking and someone's judging there is something on your ass there's an A there's an A there's an A thank you thank you you have a great ass (laughs) thank you but that's what I was always worried about and I I had to, and I still do to this day, and 
I have, I, I just, it's an insecurity that I deal with, but I kind of had to put everything aside and own who I am. And I think honestly, when shit hit the fan was when I did a Maxim interview and I was Maxim Hot 100 and I was feeling great about myself. And I did a photo shoot where it was just my long black hair covering my boobs like a mermaid. And they had a fan on me and someone released the photos of the fan uh, brushing away from my boobs. So my, and my boobs were in a very ugly position when I was sitting. So they look like saggy tits and they went all over the internet. So my boobs are on the internet for that reason and not in a second way and I think honestly oh after God. that moment that's horrible yeah and I forget and it and now I like I'm like okay cool you know great my tits are on the internet like whatever like no shame yeah but I think after that moment I kind of was like I can't give a fuck about anything anymore Good. you know Good. that's so interesting that you brought up Maxim because as you were talking I felt my stomach cringe I still have an issue with M- Maxim and I'm I I don't know when and if I'll ever be able to get to the point where you're at. Where did like you, you do it too? I did. I did. So I was like 18. It was one of my first big photo shoots in LA, and that's it. Back in the day, where like you know they would send cars for you. Oh, it was some, super fancy. And some spreads would like I was pay 20. You it was like a big deal. It was a yeah. big deal. So. Um, and at the time, I and I got there and I was very excited. And people had said to me, like, are you sure you're ready for this or whatever? And I was, at the time, I was so insecure on the inside, but I was also, I would cover with like, guys, I got this. That's how I, I was. I was the yeah, same way. Because I, I moved to LA so young yes. that I was like, I need to prove to everyone I got yes, this. Yes, totally. Because totally. I moved to LA at 17. So I was like, I got this, I got and this. And at that inside, time, was Maxim like, ah. was the, like the was jam. The and it was like, if you're hot 100, like, That's I may thing. have been like 99, I'm not going to lie. But like, I still it was matters. like, in there and was like, yep, I'm you're hot yeah. yeah so i did this shoot it was like an eight pe- page whatever it was like it was a big deal and i go and everyone's checking are you okay are you okay and i'm like yeah and the photographer i'm like laying in my on in some bra and thing and he's like you know move this way move that way he's like come on you know look at and literally this like this could be in a comedy movie but this is literally what he said to me he was like oh you know look at me like like you you want to have sex with me give me those sexy eyes like da da and i and i remember being like can you just give me a minute and i went in the bathroom and i started crying but i was trying not to mess up my makeup cuz i was a virgin and I didn't actually understand what I was even doing. I mean, I know what made me feel sexy. Even though I was a virgin, I knew what made me feel sexy. So sure, I knew what I was doing in my bra and panties. But when he was saying that to me, it, 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 it triggered something in me thing. where I was almost like, oh my God, I'm a phony. I'm a fake. I'm putting this on. I don't even know what that feels like. So how am I supposed to put that into the camera? And I feel like, like we need to talk about the name afterwards because I think it's the same photographer. And it made that so, so uncomfortable. So interesting. And yeah, so then I was like patting my eyes, trying not to cry. So then I went oh. back out and I was like, I'm fine. And then cut to the interview. They actually like miss, they they kind of, you know, as they are allowed to do, they're allowed to, um, they twisted my words. Yeah, they did. Right? Too, yeah. So then my quotes came out and I was like so misrepresented mm. from who I was from a person. And of course, all my friends were like, oh, my God, you're fucking hot. And I literally was just like crying yeah. when it came out. And I called my lawyer right away and I was like, we need to sue them. We need to do this. That's what that. I when the photos came out. I said, are you kidding me? This is unbelievable. Like all this stuff. And they said, well, did you sign a release before? And like uh, anything that said you can't use photos without approval. And I said, no. And they go, we literally can't do anything about it. 
And my lawyer was like, the best way to um, beat, he said, I hate to tell you this, but if you want, and then of course those photos wouldn't go away, right? That's what right. everyone wants me to sign and whatever. Yeah. And he said, I hate to tell you this, Stop. but the best way to beat them is do another one in your under your control. Hmm. And I was like, you're telling me to go back into the fire? Like, yeah. And so to this day, I haven't, as you can tell, I have zero resolution over it other than it's just been so much time that normally unless we're talking about it, I don't yeah. think about it. Um, but, and, and I have said to people that want me to sign things on the streets, I, I won't sign anything that's mm. Maxim. Um, and I think people know that by now because, uh, but it was such. I'm such a whore, I'll sign anything. <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I, I refuse. But I but I still to this day am hoping that one day I'll get to a place where I'm like, fuck it, I don't mind. But I really Maybe like we'll do I hope together. Maxim's listening and I hope they hear what they're Well is it Maxim out of through? out of like print right now? I don't even I hope I so. It's I don't not really know. my magazine of choice. <laughs> but but do you want to know something tough. funny though? It's I'll tell really you like tough. a quick story because I don't know if we have to wrap it up right now. We're good. But but because um, I'm good on time, just so you know. Um, but <laughs> she's like, I love, I'm, yeah. I love this stuff. No hard outs. But I was the the kind of girl too where I was all talk. I was not a sexual person like with men. People would say that I'm super sexual and I would wear short skirts that were up my ass and my boobs would be out and all this stuff. And I'm the most sexualized prude <laughs> I think of all time where it's literally all talk. That's a cool term, sexualized yeah, prude. Yeah, I'm a sexualized prude. Yeah. And, and not in a bad way, in like a yeah. very confident way, like this is who I am. But when I was in eighth grade, my mom... My best friend, Jenna, and I'm trying to think who the other person was. I don't think it was Bo. It was someone else. And we went with our moms to the Roxy to go see Thunder Down Under. You remember <laughs> Thunder Down Under? And for those of you who don't know what this is, it was oh like Chip God. and Nails, but out of Australia. And Amazing. it was their first performance. Oh so God. we went and they said in the audience, they're like, oh, raise your hand if you want to come up. So being the actor and the, you know, egotistical person that needs to be the star of every show, like no matter what I do, I was like me. And I was 13 or 14 and they called me on stage with two other women who were like grown ass women. And they said, okay, this is the competition and we want you to give your best <laughs> orgasm sound. Oh, so shit. I had just had my first kiss on Malcolm in the Middle and I was like, I don't even really know what this is. So I decided like I was just a funny person and I made things super over-sexualized. So um, I, I did the best I could and I was like, oh, Thunder me down under, baby, because I wow. didn't know. And I won the competition. Yes, <laughs> I won. See, ignorance is bliss. Ignorance, ignorance is bliss. <laughs> and so it was the same sort of thing. And I got the picture still, where I laid on I'm still using that line today. I'm still using that line today. <laughs> thunder me down but under, Thunder me baby. down under, baby. But let me tell you, like, you would think, oh, God, this girl is like a slut. She's right. like, you know, having oh, yeah. sex with all these guys and all this stuff. But it was because my own insecurities about sex that I overcompensated everything. Yeah. And it yeah. was easier to do that. But then it was also guys would think like, well, why are you not having sex with me on the first night? And I would be like, well, that's not, not who I slut. am. And, and, you know, so it got me in, in not in trouble, but I – um in trouble in the sense where guys thought certain things about me because of that. Yeah. Um, and I was kind of a square, you know? Yeah. I wish I had a one night stand. I never got to do that. I always thought I would, but I was just so boring. <laughs> That's amazing. I, I, I don't have anything on that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> me either. <laughs> me either. Folks. I know. I honestly wish. But, I sometimes I think about it. Yeah. 
Well, we I've, both do, but we're just I've actually about never it. had a one night sex stand. I've oh, had a one night hookup stand. Oh, I think. Well, I've definitely made out with multiple people in one night. Yeah, if that counts. Yeah. Yeah, but I like that you coined a term. Have there, you ever and gone on multiple we have dates a lot of in one night? People. No, I have. I'm exhausted. I, I I have too much anxiety, and I'm so in love with I do love that own... I think that they're gonna be the one. Uh, here's the thing: I love yeah. love too. So yeah. when I'm in a relationship, like I actually love being in a relationship. I love it, but I'm so independent. If I'm not in a relationship, right. I'm like I know how to do that life too. Right. You oh, well, I mean? totally. I know how to do that. So, I just was so convinced that the person I go on a date with, I'm going to fall in love with. So like, I didn't want to have the second person there. Oh yeah. No, I'm such a negative person. I'm like, there's no way any of these people are going to be the person. <laughs> so I'm just going to have as much. I've had a lot of I boyfriends. Can. I'll just say. That. Oh, I haven't. Disturbed. Have you? That? Oh my God. He knows for sure. Oh, I've had a lot of relationships. I usually don't break up with the guy or fall out of the relationship until I know there's someone else. Whoa. Oh wow! Yeah, I'm like that person. Whoa! Yeah, but I've Is lived Sturgeon a life worried about this. Um, constantly, but because when I that think daddy that I'm comes, tired. You know, when that daddy comes, he's out. Well, I'm lucky. He takes care of me pretty well now. Yeah. But like, we'll see what happens because I'm like looking for a daddy. You know, yeah. I'm looking for that jet fuel. You know what I mean? <laughs> like that's like important. It's not the it's not the plane. It's the jet fuel because that's like, what's expensive. Right. You know, I'm not a, into the spanking thing. Yeah. And I think that I wish I was, but maybe I have too many fucked up father issues. So like to oh. me that like brings up stuff of like, I don't talk to my dad. This feels weird. Oh. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got um, it. But got yeah, it. lots of boyfriends. Oh, yeah. Oh. Well, we could talk to you forever. We have to wrap up soon. Um, Wait, before you go though, okay. what, what would you say? Like, just tell us because... I think you're extremely intelligent. Oh my God, stop it. It's all a lie. And, uh, <laughs> um, what would you say would be like your mission statement right now in life? Like what are you wearing as a badge as you walk out on the street? Like what, what's your what's your story right now? Nipple covers. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what would be Whatever, you're wearing a bra. Badge? I, this is the first time I've worn a bra. And I'm going to tell you, you inspired me because when you came to my show, she your boobs are so fucking perfect. Wait, I what was, was like, I wearing? You had just like a white shirt on. Oh. But like I have a small, small, small B. So I put my padded bra and I was like, I'm going to bring these babies out. Oh my God, I yeah. love you. Yeah. So thank you for your inspiration. Oh my God, my tits <laughs> love you too. I love them so also, much. Also, you're allowed to play with them anytime oh, you want. That's my favorite thing to do. <laughs> my favorite thing to do. My I love favorite. Boobs. I love when girls compliment my boobs. So thank you. Do you know I love I touch grabbing boobs, boobs all the time? She touches her boobs. Yes. It makes me all happy. The time. Like I when love I'm excited, my boobs, I play with but my boobs. When I see a it's big true. boob, I, I like want a big boob so badly. Like, like I look at that and I'm like, yeah. God. It's interesting between uh, like nipple culture because Ariel, for example, right now, yeah, and I'm don't get all jumpy, but your nipples are at. Uh, I'm saying also hello. rubbing. Them. Should we hello. record this? <laughs> yeah, what's your That's badge what right now? I think that my badge right now. By the is... way, I just made that up. Badge does that work? Yeah, badge. Yeah, what's your badge? badge? My badge, Limishka. Yeah, is um um. Oh my gosh! Now I'm put on the spot. The camera's here. Let me t- let me give you my good angle. Hey, uh, <laughs> give her your boobs. See, like yes, this is what I love. These are inspired. Um, no, I think that I want to keep things like I, I know it's so boring to say that things are stigma free, mm-hmm. but I want people to know like this is me. 
this is who I am. You're either going to love it or you're going to hate it. And let's stop hiding and stop being fearful, but do it at your own pace. Do it at your own time. But like I'm bipolar. I'm not using this as a hashtag hot topic. This isn't a keyword that I'm trying to, to get going so I can get the popularity. I just want to be who I am. And I think I'm pretty fucking funny. And like, I just want to make light of the situation because it's the most ridiculous thing in the world that this is what we're dealing with. And let's make light of it. Let's make it fun. Great. Let's make it fun. Wow. That's Aww, so good. We love That's you. So oh, I love and you. And you, this is how much I love you. Oh. I love boobs. <laughs> I'm telling you, I love big boobs so much. It's, <laughs> I love that you think I have big boobs. I, I don't think the, I have I big boobs. I put the padded bra. I have a theory that everybody loves boobs. Gay I men, boobs. women, yeah. Gay men matter. love boobs love more boobs. than anything. And yeah. I think it's because that's our first bite of life right there. Is it? A little suckle on the zipple. It brings us life. Thank you. So wait, how can we find you? What is your uh, Instagram? She has no last name. I have no last name. <laughs> You're Bambo. It's Bambo La Bambina. It's so complicated. If anyone at Instagram, if you know, I've been trying to reach out a lot, yeah. but because I'm verified, you can't redo your name unless it's a whole process. Uh, um, I but, can't even get verified, so it's fine. <laughs> well, it's your yeah. problem, yeah. not mine. Totally. Um, <laughs> but um, if you Google Alessandra Torresani, it'll come up. It's Bambola Bambina. But I'd rather have people follow Emotional Support Pod, um, like podcast. <laughs> it's emotional, but it's spelled like emotional. And I think that that is what I would like people to follow because I'm going to be more active on that than my own personal stuff. Awesome. If you want like hoe pictures, like definitely go to Bambola Bambina. <laughs> but if oh, yeah. you want like... She's going to start wearing a padded bra, you guys. Yeah, I'm going to wear a padded bra. <laughs> I, I literally want you to know I left the house and Sturgis was like what are you, you're wearing a big bra and I was like yes I am thank you very much I'm going on sexual gasm spiritual gasm <laughs> right now gasm. I want to say sexual gasm because that's kind of true but I was like I'm going on spir spiritual gasm like I'm a, like I need to step up my a game and my boob game we love wow. small boobs the same as big boobs boobs are all fabulous we love balls good. too we love we boobs. love all balls Snap it up we, we love, love boobs yeah, yeah. thank you all right. so much I love much. you guys thank I you miss guys. you already all right. All right. And good you. luck on your show. We're Thank so happy you. you're doing it. We need emotional support, yeah, we'll you guys. Do, we'll do me emotional next. Emotional support. Yes. It's a podcast. Check it out. Yes. Yay. Thank you for everything. Bye. Bye. <laughs> now, we'd like to take a second to thank our sponsors. And a quick reminder that better health doesn't happen overnight. And right now, Ritual is offering our listeners 10% off during your first three months. Fill in the gaps in your diet with Essential for Women, a small step that helps support a healthy foundation for your body. Visit ritual.com slash spiritual to start your ritual today. That's 10% off your first three months at ritual.com slash spiritual. dig her isn't she just the best i think from, she's like a little poly pocket i want to take her yeah everywhere can we me. keep her i know i like, know she's just bright and fucking real and she's friends with brian wood and and he like he was we such all a, know we love brian wood we all know we love brian wood and we love her it's just such a good community we got going on here I'll tell you what i mean in the way that she speaks like you can't help but to applaud her honesty and know that that takes courage every time she says she has bipolar every time that is to it, be applauded i feel like it frees her every time she says it it frees her yeah because i'm an idiot i don't know 
That's why I was asking her, like, do I know people with bipolar? Because maybe I do, but I don't. I that was the first time I've ever had a conversation with someone. I will tell you this, like, so after, um, so when my sister was missing and we found her, the next couple months, you know, were very raw, and we were all healing. I mean, I'm I'm still healing, but I mean, just right after the fact, and. It was interesting because as I started to go out in public more and talk to people, everyone was so um, comforting. But what I noticed was a lot of people, including people I work with, like people on my team or um, on set, would almost like pull me aside and be like, hey, just so you know, my husband's bipolar or, you know, my my ex is bipolar or my little sister's bipolar or like or, you know, my mom just started taking medication. Like suddenly I was this safe person for people to talk to, but they were still pulling me aside and whispering about it. Mm. So it was like they wanted me to know and they wanted to feel safe communicating with someone, getting it out of themselves, having a conversation about it, being able to relate to someone about it. And yet they were still whispering. Hmm. You know, it wasn't an open conversation with the community. And I found that like beautiful that people felt comfortable with me and also heartbreaking that this is the world that we're living in and it's very real. Like, and in like, listen, I'm preaching to myself at the moment because like what I said earlier I mean, was- yeah, you were very honest about it. I'm not fully there to talk openly about myself and my experiences yet with with my family and with my journey and- um, so it's interesting because it's like I'm 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 preaching to myself and yet I think all these things that are happening to me and seeing what other people are going through and seeing what they're able to talk about, what they're not, it's all just like showing me um it's giving me strength and showing me examples of like where people are in their processes. You know, we're all in a, we it's like she said, we're all in a different place. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll okay. tell you what, she's not whispering and it's because of her people are going to live longer or not live longer, but they're going to, that's More saving freely. lives. It's saving More lives, freely. I think. <clears throat> Guys, if you have any questions about your mental state, reach out, reach out to anyone. And if, like I said earlier. Or if you're a friend and you, if you have a friend or a family member that you're questioning, reach out, ask them how they're doing. But don't reach out like condescending. Just don't be like, hey, I think you're bipolar. But I think that if you do know of someone that you think is struggling for any reason, just reach out and just say, Hey, you don't have to say anything specific. Just say, Hey, just let them know you're there. Yeah. And like real talk, you know, not like, Hey, how you doing? Okay, great. Bye. Yeah. Just real talk. And, and you guys listen that, um, the, the crisis text line is an amazing organization. You can text them 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I'm a big advocate and believer in the work that they're doing. So um, check them out. Yeah, we'll put a link uh, with our photo today with Alessandra. Uh, we'll put a link in there to that as well. So yeah. and remember what she said. She's doing this to make light of it all. You know, we have to have fun. So yeah. on that very serious note, go have fun. Go have fun, everybody. We love you. Thank you for listening. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Bye, Bye y'all. Spiritual Gasm is executive produced by Ariel Kebel. That's me. Sterling Jones, that's him, and Sim Sarna. Associate producer is Daniela Silva. Edited by Matt Sasaki and music by Josh Cook and Alicia Eagle. Spiritualgasm is a Cloud 10 production and is powered by Simplecast. <laughs>